He's here to remind us that, yes, we are still under a pandemic and that we still need to wash our hands and wear a mask and be thoughtful as we slowly open back up. It's Dr. Jonathan Max, Internal Medicine, Amita Health Medical Group. Hi, Dr. Max. How are you? Hi, G. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing very well. Thanks so much for being with us. I know that uh, you're busy and still working around the clock. Uh, always something to do. You know, always <laughs> in need. Well, you know what? Uh, I want to throw the number out there because uh, Dr. Max is busy. He's only with us until 830. So you have to call in now if you want to get that question to Dr. Max. And he's always willing to answer your questions. 312-981-7200. 312-981-7200. So Dr. Max, just right off the bat, um, there's been some confusion with the World Health Organization. There was an official that recently said that asymptomatic spread appears to be rare. Did you want to set us straight on that? Yeah, it, it's it's uh, confusing for me too, G. This, uh, this person who spoke on behalf of the World Health Organization or WHO, um, I, I think kind of made a little bit of a blunder. Um, you know, this, this person spoke about asymptomatic spread versus pre-symptomatic spread and that people who don't have symptoms don't shed the virus. Um, I, I think the whole medical community really feels that a lot of folks who don't have symptoms do actually spread the virus. In fact, we know that anywhere from maybe 25 to 50% of people with COVID-19 have no symptoms at all, but are shedding the virus and spreading it. And that's why it's so important for us to continue all the COVID precautions as we move forward with um, with the new phases in Illinois. And is that the main thing that you want everyone to remember, that this is still happening um, as we open up? It, there seems to be, of course, there's the fatigue of sort of being vigilant, but then now there's sort of this false you know, promise as things open up that everything's back to normal. Absolutely. I, I, there's a uh, there's an urban legend out there, gee, um, this this idea that as it gets warmer and it gets hot outside, mm-hmm. that the hot weather is going to kill the virus and that COVID-19 will be a non-issue during the whole summertime. That's not true at all. There's no evidence to support that urban legend. And I'm afraid with with all of the sheltering in place, and how good people feel with the warm weather. Everyone will want to stop wearing the mask, and and people will think, well, I'm I'm doing okay. I haven't been sick. I've been at home. I'm just going to and from the store, from work. Um, there's no reason to be cautious. When in fact, every reason still exists to be cautious. And we're seeing some emerging data from many of the states here in the U.S who have lifted restrictions, um, not consistent throughout um, every state, but there are certainly many pockets um, of, of resurgence um, of cases. Well, a lot more uh, coming up with Dr. Jonathan Max, uh, 312-981-7200. Before we take a brief pause, Dr. Max, can you explain the difference between asymptomatic and pre-symptomatic? Sure. Well, so the the idea here, to me, it's really just semantics. Mm-hmm. Um, asymptomatic spread refers to a person who has COVID-19 and, you know, coughs or talks and, and spreads the virus through those respiratory droplets um, and never really gets sick. Um, a pre-symptomatic spread would be a person who feels fine for a while, is spreading the virus, 
and then feel sick. Um, another way of referring to it is, is incubation time. And the average incubation period for, for COVID-19 seems to be around five days where, you know, you start, you start spreading the virus on a Monday um, and you feel fine Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday you start feeling sick. That pre-symptomatic spread is that whole work week where if you're not being cautious and wearing a mask and washing your hands um, and socially distancing, you could be sharing the virus with other people. Okay. Well, coming up, Dr. Max answers whether pre-symptomatic carriers are more contagious before or after they get symptoms. All that. And of course, your questions too, 312-981-7200. More with Amita Health Medical Group's Dr. Jonathan Max. We're lucky to have Dr. Jonathan Max, internal medicine with Amita Health Medical Group with us. I want to let you know that he's with us uh, until 8.30. So if you have a question, now's the time to get that call in so he can answer your question. 312-981-7200. And Dr. Max, we were talking about sort of the differences between asymptomatic and pre-symptomatic, which I know has been covered a lot, but then it was sort of brought back into the news cycle after this uh, WHO World Health Organization official's uh, recent statement that was confusing, as you mentioned. But, um, you know, are pre-symptomatic carriers more contagious before or after they get the symptoms? It's a great question, G. Um, generally speaking, we think that people are spreading more virus, um, uh, so higher concentrations of virus when they are symptomatic. So when the person has a fever, that cough, the shortness of breath, as opposed to prior to having those symptoms. That's the general thought. But there, one of the fascinating things about COVID-19G is that there's a huge variation. We, we, we know from research in patients who are hospitalized that there are some patients who, who are really, really sick in the hospital and don't seem to be shedding a lot of virus, and other patients who aren't as sick and are shedding tons of virus. We also find that in the immune response for these patients, too, where there's a variation. But generally speaking, uh, when you're symptomatic, you tend to be spreading more more of the bug. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Fauci, of course, we're all familiar with him now on a, a first-name basis. Dr. Anthony Fauci um, is, was uh, quoted as saying that, you know, he's th- this COVID 19 is just incredibly complex and that it's um, incredibly complicated and that it is like a disease of um, a nightmare disease for him is what he said. And is is that what you're finding as well, that it's just so complex and it continually that you're learning more about it? Absolutely, G. I think if, if there's one um, aspect of, of COVID-19 that, that we've come to expect in the medical community is we, we have to expect the unexpected. The idea that COVID-19 has caused uh, so many unusual symptoms in, those, in, in sick folks uh, and people in the hospital, the, the idea that, by and large, um, uh, younger people are less affected than and then adults and older adults. Um, this finding of this Kawasaki-type illness, mm-hmm. this um, autoimmune um, skin condition for kids that was relatively rare but now is seen as a result of COVID-19 is, is um, phenomenal to us, um, but phenomenal in a bad way because we don't know what to expect with it. 
Also, there's been a lot of new research on just how long lasting the symptoms can be. I mean, it's been pretty shocking to hear that, you know, people months later are still find themselves suffering or, or relapsing occasionally, too. It's it's another new finding with COVID-19 as we get more experience over the next several months and, and of course, years. Um, think again, think back, gee, with um, West Nile virus and Zika virus. Um, these are, these are uh, relatively new viral illnesses that have affected humans um, that can have ha- that can have longer term consequences for certain individuals, and we don't necessarily know why some people have those long term consequences and others don't. Some people seem to be shedding virus over several weeks as opposed to just a few days. Um, the, the virus really acts differently, and we again we have to expect the unexpected with COVID nineteen. And have you noticed, is that a difference in protocol that with COVID-19 patients that you have to check in with them and have follow up with them many months later? Absolutely. I, I, you know, one of the biggest changes in healthcare, especially from the ambulatory standpoint, so with your primary care doctors, for example, is the concept of telemedicine and telehealth. Um, we've really moved and leveraged technology to communicate with patients in a way that's safer for us, for the healthcare professionals, and for the patients where they can stay at home. And we've had to touch base with patients on a regular basis, sometimes every day, sometimes every three or four days, through a telehealth platform so that we know that patients continue to do well. Um, there are also situations, she where patients do well for several days at home and then crash and burn and get really, really sick. So being in touch with your primary care physician or any healthcare professional is going to be really, really important during this COVID crisis. Dr. Jonathan Max, Internal Medicine with Amita Health Medical Group. Dr. Max, we've got some callers, so we're going to start with Suzette. Hi, Suzette. This is G. You're live on the air on WGN Radio. Hi, my name is Suzette. Hi, Dr. Max. Calling from the West Coast. Hi, Suzette. Thanks for calling. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me on. I had a question. So I'm going back to work. It's been about a good six months. I had to take a leave, and now I'm going back into the hospital care. And I just wanted to know, in general... Are hospitals having a standard protocol of healthcare workers coming in, or is every hospital different with their procedure as you, when you enter going onto the floor? Um, not quite sure what I'm going to be anticipating over at the agency that I'm working with, but I was just curious here on the West Coast versus what's in the Midwest. That, that's, that, that's, a, that's a great question, Suzette. The, um, the things are all across the board. I'll say this for healthcare workers in general and for hospitals and, and healthcare systems like my system, Amita Health, um, healthcare systems have done an incredible job of keeping their staff, their associates, their physicians, their nurses as safe as possible. Um, however, every location is going to be a little bit different because COVID-19 has affected different geographies in various ways. Um, so, so there are going to be processes and procedures in place that are battle-tested um, throughout the world and globally to keep you safe, Suzette, as you return to work. The key thing, okay. though, is, is to make sure that you have to pivot when something changes, if something changes. And, and everyone anticipates a change, a second wave, 
um, in the fall and winter months. Okay. Suzette, well, thank you so much for also, you know, being in the front lines of this fight because you say you are a nurse. So thank you so much for everything that you've been doing. And are you feeling a bit, um, I would say, I would say a little bit more comfortable in terms of um, heading back in now that there's less hospitalizations or are you still very concerned? I'm still concerned. I think my, I don't want to say a fear, but my, a little bit of an anxiety is just wanting to know what protocols, Mm -hmm. like I said, the hospital that I'm going into, it's in downtown Los Angeles. And, um, you know, I'm going to do my best to do my part to be safe and to give the kind of care that my patients need, the safety and the attention. So I think it's an opportunity to learn. Mm-hmm. And as like Dr. Max mentioned, you know, with change, there's pivoting that needs to be um, expected. And so, um, yeah, I think I'm wanting to go back. I have a lot of coworkers that have been working the last couple of months. I know a lot of them are tired. Mm-hmm. So if I can be part of helping this second wave, because we're experiencing another, high, you know, mm-hmm. spike, um, I hope I, I hope I can help. But yeah, there's still a bit of, I would say, concern and anxiety. You know, it is what it is. Well, thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you, Suzette, for your call. Really appreciate it. Dr. Max, are you expecting a certain time when all this protocol will be rolled out, or it just varies city to city and hospital to hospital? Well, it it, it does vary from city to city. Now, again, I think there's there's some standard procedures that every hospital is using, and every hospital's done a great job now of 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 separating. You know, COVID patients from non-COVID every hospital has done a great job of providing the PPE mm-hmm. for their staff and physicians, um, but some hospitals are, are harder hit than others. Right. You yeah. know, for example, within the immediate system of 19 hospitals, some of our urban hospitals have many more COVID cases than our suburban hospitals and, and vice versa. It's all across the board. But suffice it to say... All of our hospitals are are uniformly using best practices to keep patients and staff safe. That um, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And one thing I would want to say to Suzette, which and it's really cool that she's calling from L.A. She must be listening online, mm-hmm. like I'm sure a lot of people do. Um, um, there, there are a couple studies. Actually, one study from California that looked at healthcare workers who who were in the hospital as opposed to ambulatory settings, and followed them over the course of I, th- I want to say four to six weeks and documented cases of COVID nineteen. None of those healthcare workers contracted COVID nineteen from work. Mm-hmm. They contracted COVID nineteen from the community setting. So, so it. The reason why I mentioned that, G, and Suzette, why I mentioned that to you is that I want you to be safe and careful when you're outside of work, too. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to the grocery store, you're, you're going to the beach, you're going to the pool. Right. You have to maintain those COVID precautions. Obviously, when you go to the beach and go to what, what's out in L.A., there, Muscle Beach and, <laughs> and, you know, or Santa Monica Boulevard and such. Um, you're not going to wear, you know, uh, your full PPE, your bunny suit and your face mask and things of that sort. But you have to social distance and the idea of six feet away. You have to use your mask when you're, you can't maintain that six foot distance. So for example, if you're buying, uh, you know, um, some snacks at the vendor, things of that sort, 
um, and you have to be careful of crowds. Right. Um, those those things still come to play whether you're at work or at home. And, and the, so th- those things are really, really important. That is the thing that you have been constantly reminding us of, Dr. Max, and we're grateful for that. Um, let's talk to Carol, Dr. Max. Hi, Carol. This is G. You're live on the air. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I have a question, and it's a shot in the dark, but I'm going to ask. My 21-year-old daughter got very sick in January. Uh, I was um, a few days fever, throwing up. Then she was fine, but it was followed up with severe joint pain, and it was very debilitating. It took like six weeks to get over it. And I was just wondering if it could be COVID-related, and the weird thing is she just got it back again. Not the fever, not the, she was sick for one day, and then she's got all this joint pain, and we've been to so many doctors, and they can't figure it out. Figure it out. And I was just wondering if there's any possibility it could be COVID-related. Wow, Carol. Th- thanks Thanks for that question. Um, to me, it sounds like it could very well have been COVID-related. Now, Dr. Max, I'm going to have you pause right there because I've got to take um just got to take a quick moment, do this first, and then I'm going to have you come back and answer Carol's question, okay, if you don't mind. Sounds great. Thanks. More with Dr. Jonathan Max, internal medicine with Amita Health Medical Group, and he was just answering Carol's question. And Carol, your daughter is experiencing some symptoms, right? Uh, yes. I mean, she had like flu-like symptoms, but it was back in January, but then it was followed with this very aggressive joint pain, which lasted about six weeks. But now it is back fast and furious. So I'm just trying. No one can figure it out. So I'm just, like I said, I'm uh, just searching. And, you know, obviously that comes to mind because, you know, that's something that hasn't been checked. So I was just wondering. Well, Dr. Max, I'll let you take over. Yes. Well, Carol, Carol, I I think you you have a a great idea here and, and, you know, follow your instincts. We do know that COVID-19 appeared on the continental U.S. West Coast back in January. We don't know if there Mm -hmm. there had been COVID-19 elsewhere in the United States at that time, too, or even earlier. So it's plausible that your daughter had COVID-19 in January, recovered, and now has developed some sort of post-viral syndrome, um, something that we oftentimes call reactive arthritis. And there are lots of other types of illnesses. West Nile virus is one of those. Coxsackie virus is one of those that can cause um, ongoing illnesses intermittently for several months or even several years. Now, I'm glad to hear that she's recovered um, after the first um, achy episodes, uh, and that's a good sign. Originally, he thought it was a reactive arthritis, so that's interesting that, you know, you said that when we called him, he's like, no, then it can't be it. I must have been wrong. So like I said, this is just, you know, it's heartbreaking. She's young and she can barely walk. <laughs> oh, good grief. Good grief. Well, I wish her the best. And um, maybe she needs to take a break and go to the beach, you know, and, and relax a little bit. Um, that could help out. 
Carol, thanks so much for your call, and we wish your daughter the best of luck, and I hope that she can um, get in and and see her doctor soon as well. Um, Dr. Max, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Are there some final words you want to leave leave us with, some final thoughts as we start heading back into work? I just want to remind everyone, your whole listening audience, whether they're here local or, or West Coast, East Coast, Um, that we have to remember that COVID-19 can spread before you have symptoms. The only treatment right now that we have for COVID-19 is prevention, prevention, prevention. And and the physical distancing of six feet, masks, hand washing, all those things really make a huge difference, and we have to continue that culture as we move forth into the summer months. Well, thank you so much for being with us. Dr. Jonathan Max, Internal Medicine, Amita Health Medical Group. You stay well, Dr. Max. Thanks. Same to you.